Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in to the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. You know me, it's your girl. I'm Michaela Perkins with the one and only David Dog, whose last name I still don't know, but we're just going to call it David Dog, anyways. This is not just any Friday, it is a flavoring Friday. So I want to give a shout out to OG's Brands, the official sponsor of Flavoring Fridays. OG's is not your average cannabis infused gummy. They absolutely knock it out of the park when it comes to flavor, and the effects of their gummies are a total slam dunk, too. Head on over to OG'sBrands.com to see their full lineup including their two newest gummies the ogs naturals and the big ogs to find out where you can purchase if you're wondering why (laughs) we are sitting in our homes and damon looks like he's about to record a hostage video (laughs) (laughs) not getting a background yeah no you kind of like i mean i guess our backgrounds are really similar like if i turn this a little bit like we kind of we're kind of twinning um (laughs) yeah i don't have the best home setup that's okay. Um, we don't normally broadcast from home, but we can thank our good friends at Cox Wi-Fi for not being able to figure out how to turn the Wi-Fi on in the office. So we have uh, gone remote and we're going to be doing TVSU from home, which like I'm kind of like about it. I'm not going to lie. Like I love being home. I love my like jammy like sweatshirt vibes. I kind of like it. Especially a week in Vegas. Like oh. it, it makes you it makes you cherish being at home. Oh. Like, being at home this week has been a, a godsend literally yeah a godsend um and if you didn't know david and i were in vegas from sunday to friday night like late friday night for the super bowl we were helping out all the all city radio row coverage and i think by like tuesday evening i was like i want to go home i'm done <laughs> um to which i unfortunately had to endure three more nights in vegas um i never want to go back again to that city i have officially done what I needed to do and I'm done with Vegas. That was the longest like five days of my life, Damon. Uh, we need to send Mac back for the uh, Pac-12 tournament, no. guys. That's no. that's what this comes down to. No. We, we need her there, need her. We don't even need to have a Pac-12 tournament. I can already tell you the Arizona Wildcats are going to be winning the Pac-12 tournament. There is not a school in the Pac-12 that has been ranked all year for the most part, except for maybe early in the beginning um they're all garbage so i can already tell you the arizona wildcats are going to be your 2024 pac-12 champions third year in a row we don't need to send me we don't even need to have a tournament and just give them the title and let's call it a day (laughs) i am not going back to vegas (laughs) real quick speaking on that i just want to say shout out daniel in the chat uh he's been he's been cooking me a little bit on twitter but i i just want to say i wore my my chelsea hoodie for you daniel just i was trying to make up for some of the bad blood and, and and hopefully, you know, get on your good side again, buddy. Uh, speaking of Vegas, uh, that we did survive, you seriously would go back to Vegas? Like, what do you mean? Like for the Pac-12 tournament? Yeah, you would go. Uh, just because it's the last one, but it would be, I would be like walking out of there a shell of myself. Uh, <laughs> I could like, I don't think there's enough money in the world you could pay me to go back to Vegas at this point, to be honest with you. Um, Ever? it was exhausting. I think we worked, you and I both worked probably what, like 70 hours in that five day span. Yeah, it was pretty rough. It was rough. It was super rough. Especially- I got like a, 
I got like videos from Damon and Slack at like 4 a.m. And I'm like, what are you doing making videos at 4 a.m.? Yeah, that was what I was gonna say. I, I we got back on that Friday night and I'm and then on Saturday at 4 30 in the morning, Michaela's getting a video from me because I was finishing up work. It was a grind, but we had a good oh, time. What a misery. What wasn't a misery though was the Super Bowl halftime show. The whole Super Bowl was a misery. Um, I was really rooting for the 49ers. Much to my dismay, they didn't know how overtime works in the fucking Super Bowl. Um, wild, the fact that Shanahan did not accurately prepare his team for that scenario. Regardless, the Super Bowl sucked. But what did not suck was the Super Bowl halftime show because Usher Baby absolutely killed it. Uh, he probably danced a little bit more than I was hoping for. And I was so heartbroken he didn't bring out justin bieber because they have uh, two songs together and they are electric and if you don't know usher discovered justin bieber and like gave justin bieber his start so i was banking on the fact that jb was going to make an appearance and he didn't and i was absolutely crushed but regardless i still love usher with my whole heart yeah is like the best song ever made ever like it's pretty good screw beethoven screw mozart i don't give a shit <laughs> yeah by usher is the best song that has ever been made my like 2016 Michaela college self was screaming, crying, throwing up because if Yah was ever played at a frat party, my ass found the nearest elevated surface and I was dancing on that elevated surface. <laughs> I love that song so much. My entire Snapchat memory, like if there's a video of me dancing, Usher is on the, in the background. So <laughs> I if, loved if, it. If we had a, uh, if, if aliens came to earth and they were like, what we want to show them about our culture, Michaela sending them. Yeah. By Usher featuring <laughs> little John that's, and, and then the aliens are going, yeah. And the aliens are going, Holy shit. That's yeah. a good song. We like these guys. Yeah. That would be exactly what would happen. Um, it was my jam in college. So you could imagine how I was literally, I'm not even kidding you. I was in my living room watching the Super Bowl. As soon as that song came up, I immediately got off my couch and started dancing. It was freaking out that he had Lil John and Lil Chris on stage with him. It was like peak moment for me. How about <laughs> you jam in college? I, I'm like, you're not that old, Michaela. This That song came out in 2004. Okay, you were whoa. not in college. Yeah, by Usher is timeless. A timeless piece of art that will never, ever, ever expire. <laughs> but I don't know. That song just calls to me. I'm not even kidding. You can ask any of my sorority sisters. They all have videos of me dancing to that song specifically. Like, that was my song. And everybody knew that that was my song. Um, my big literally messaged me on Instagram and she was like, as soon as he says, plays that song, I'm going to be thinking of you because that's all you ever danced to at college. Anyway, that's I digress. Funny. If you want to see that in action, which honestly, I'm thinking about buying tickets to this because Usher is coming to Phoenix and I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, hell yeah. Um, if you want to buy tickets to Usher, because why wouldn't you, um, if you got a taste of his Super Bowl halftime show, you can head on over to Game Time and grab your tickets to Usher's show in Phoenix because they've got tickets on the Game Time app right now. Game Time has everything you could possibly need when it comes to tickets, sporting events, concert tickets, parking passes, you name it. Game Time's got it. And since we have the All-Star break, the NBA All-Star break coming up, and the Coyotes have lost seven games in a row, and there is no baseball or football to watch, our game time game of the week is the Usher concert here in Phoenix at the Footprint Center. Right now on game time, you can get tickets for as low as $89. Are you kidding me? Oh <laughs> my God. What a steal. Be so for real. I honestly think that I might get tickets for this because I love Usher 
so much and you can do it too by using the game time app all you have to do is download game time and use promo code phnx you'll get 20 dollars off your first order with promo code phnx download game time today lowest prices guaranteed all right enough about usher and me dancing to usher <laughs> damon we have to talk about baseball because you know why it's here. Spring has sprung. Pitchers and catchers reported on Valentine's Day, which is two days ago. And I am so stoked for baseball to be back. It is my favorite sport. And I don't think there's anything more elite than spring training in Phoenix. Like, just to be honest with you. It's pretty beast. Yeah. Like, the weather is usually great. Knock on wood, there's no rain this year. Um, like, a day game, just like at Salt River Fields, the environment, the weather, the popcorn, the hot dogs, the beer, like sign me up. I'm obsessed with it. And I'm so happy that spring training is finally back. And you know who else is excited spring training is back? The Diamondbacks, because they are the reigning league, the reigning National League champions. And they upgraded some nice little, uh, they added some nice little touches to their spring training facilities. Um, you can see they added the NL champions year 2001 and now 2023 is right there, as well as, well as a huge mural from um, one of the games during the playoff run that says National League of Champions. I want I'm so that mural happy. in my house. Literally, like inject that mural into my veins. It was so well done. And as crazy as this sounds, like it's just so wild to me that the Diamondbacks are the National League yeah. Like the reigning National League champions. It's like last season seems just like a fever dream. And I'm just even that makes me even more excited for this season. Um, and I'm glad that they got to go into the facilities and be reminded of the fact that they are, in fact, the National League reigning champions. They also got to sport some new uniforms out there on the diamond at Salt River Fields. And the new uniforms are beautiful this is their spring training hat for 2024 it's teal and then it has the um throwback snake head with the baseball in its mouth and then here is what it looks like with their uniforms the black unis with the teal uh lettering and the red number oh my god i'm just beyond obsessed with these these are so well done honestly i thought that i would be so attached to the purple and teal which i am still but if we can't have purple and teal, this red and teal combo is like doing it for me. I'm, I love it. Are we just going to have every color eventually in the, like the Diamondbacks are just going to be like, you're going to look back through their history and it's just going to be the rainbow. Like yeah. next, our, <laughs> our next logo change is going to be like orange and green or something yeah. like that. Like, like um, it's hopefully not, <laughs> it's kind of insane, but it does look good. Like it's a clean, it's a clean look. I like the, uh, the emphasis on the teal a little bit more. You can't tell me you don't love those. Those are beautiful. This 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 hat's really nice. It's a nice yeah. hat. The hat is so sick. The all teal hat is something I don't think we've seen them do. Even in their purple and teal days, I think all their hats were purple, white, and black, right? I don't even think they had a full teal hat back in their purple and teal days. So mm -hmm. I think they did so well on their new uniforms. I am obsessed with them. And I don't care what you say. I think that they are so good. I love all of it, not just the hats. Um, and they look so good out there too on the diamond. They really like stand out on the field. So I'm excited to see those in action. I will be, my butt will be in a seat for one of the very first spring training games at Salt River Field. I promise you that. So I'm excited to see them in action. Um, I want to speak on this real quick. Did you see, yeah. have you seen this? What Daniel just put in the comments here? 
these what? like Nike has outsourced the jerseys for baseball to mm. uh, fanatics. Have you seen these? Yeah. It is it is unreal. They are pr- they are printing on instead of stitching all of the jerseys that they're selling people and selling them for more expensive than they did before like COVID. They're it's upped price, lesser quality, and it looks terrible. And I just don't get it at all. Yeah, Fanatics has a way of ruining things. Um, so I'm not terrible. surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised that that's what they're doing, but it is awful. And I do agree, they look bad, they look cheap. And the fact that they're charging more for it is asinine. Um, so definitely bummed that Nike went that direction because I don't, I think that was stupid. But um, regardless of their new uniforms, obviously with catchers and reporting only two days ago, there hasn't been a lot that has come out of spring training so far. Um, other than the fact that Jerry Jameson will be out this entire season as he recovers from Tommy John surgery. Um, definitely not the best news ever. I think he definitely provided some support in the bullpen when the D-backs really needed it. But um, at least we got some clarification there. There is no question about it that he will be out for this whole season as he recovers from TJ. Kind of a bummer, right, Damon? Yeah, I mean, he. I think that was the type of guy that like would have been great in the postseason. Like, I remember me, Sean, Derek, we were talking about all season how Dre Jameson was a guy that felt like he was going to win you a playoff game. Like, I don't know yeah. why, but like it, it felt like he, you know, someone was some starter was going to go out there, he was going to get shelled early, leave in like the first or second inning, and then you throw in Dre Jameson, who is a relief pitcher but has starter experience, and he was just somehow going to give you like four or five innings of just like shutdown pitching where you know it was going to end up winning you the game so it's it's I would have loved to have seen him in that postseason run and seen him in that environment and it's tough that we're not going to be able to see him in the regular season this year but uh you know I definitely think that he's a piece moving forward that could really help this team yeah for sure he was a starting pitcher for most of his career in the minors and he had a great career in the minors he sped up through the system super quickly um and when he got to the big leagues he had a couple of uh, great outings out on the mound from the pen so it is a bummer that we won't get to see him because he was a part of um obviously the younger core that um was definitely promising and had a lot of potential but he's got to recover from tj you know there's not much you can do about that um aside from that though it's just been pretty much run of the mill um zach gallon and Merrill kelly have all been out there throwing and the sound of baseballs snapping on gloves might be my like all-time favorite sound ever it is just like the reminder that spring is here and do we have that video of the picture okay we just have to play it and everyone just has to like listen to this and enjoy this <laughs> like ah. It is the best sound ever. Besides Yao by Usher, it it's my second favorite. Well, and I believe that that band. is, <laughs> I believe that that is Corbin Martin too, yeah. uh, who was out all year last year, uh, got yes. a pretty significant arm injury before, in spring training last year and didn't miss the whole season. So uh, it's good to see him back out there. And, uh, you know, maybe he could provide that kind of Dre Jameson role. Yeah, absolutely. That was Corbin Martin, like you said. Um, So the sound aside, it's great to see him back out there too after sustaining that injury last season. Um, And I think probably my favorite storyline that has come out of spring training so far is we finally got clarity on how uh, manager Troy Lovello has dealt with 
the heartbreak of losing in the World Series and kind of mending his heart and moving forward. In case you forgot, um, during his press conference after they lost the World Series uh, this past season, he opened it up and probably had the best postseason or like uh, end of season wrap up post conference that I've ever heard in the history of post conferences. So this is what he had to say when they lost the World Series. I just want to. I want to run away and hide for a few days. I want to go camping and just sit in the tent and and suck my thumb, you know, <laughs> and eat ice cream. <laughs> Is that the weirdest answer you guys have ever had? Right there? <laughs> um, and just let it run its course the way it's supposed to, you know. Um, hurt when I'm supposed to hurt, cry when I'm supposed to cry, feel good when I'm supposed to feel good. But when I wake up on that one morning, whenever it is, could be a week from now, 10 days from now, it's going to be a little while. I know that. I know how I operate. But when it is, it's going to be turn the page and let's go. It's go time. So, uh, Oh, what a heartbreaking press conference. I still can't watch that without A, laugh crying, um, and B, just feeling so bad. But the fact that that's how he chose to begin his press conference after losing the World Series is just like a testament to who he is as a person. Um, he has I such a great sense of humor. Yeah, like there's, the, I would run through a wall for Tori Lovello. Like any wall you point me towards, if you say Tori Lovello wants you to run through it, I would. Yeah, um, <laughs> when, he, when he was crying in that press conference, like I was crying in that press conference. Yeah, like I, I was feeling crying. it. I mean, I know that like, you know, we all love this team, but like it feels different when you're on the team. Uh, yeah. But like for when the way he was talking about that made it feel like we were all on the team and it was yeah that was that was tough to to go through but that answer was like how can you not love that guy he's the most like just genuine person mm -hmm. maybe like in all of sports like yeah he just he's just a regular guy he's someone that you would be friends with yes. in real life and yeah. not a lot of people you can't say that a lot of, about a lot of people that are in that position that he's in like a lot of yeah. times it takes like kind of a more like burly like you know person that's like not maybe the most likable because I think you have to have a lot of like confidence and stuff to get into those positions uh in sports but like Tori's just like the best guy man like just the best yeah. he is the best and it, his press conference was a like a reminder that he's super relatable and I think in that moment especially Diamondbacks fans like all we wanted was something that was relatable because we were all heartbroken like we all felt yeah. that I personally wanted to crawl into a hole and die and eat ice cream for like six months on end. So hearing 100%. him say that, like the manager of the team, just like validated my yeah. feelings. He's just like and us. He's just yeah, like he's us. Just like <laughs> us. It made him more human. And it's crazy too, because you look at like someone like Tori and then you look at someone like Bill Belichick and like the dichotomy of like the options of like head coaches slash managers in sports is yeah. so wild. Like oh, yeah. they are on polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Like obviously I know Bill has a dry sense of humor and he can drop a couple one-liners every now and then. But for the most part, like when you get sit down at a Bill Belichick press conference, it's one word answers, monotone, straight to the point, like no messing around. And so then you have like Toy Lavella who's talking about wanting to go into the woods and cry. Like, absolutely <laughs> love it. But anyways, in case you were wondering, um, Coldstone Creamery sent him ice cream during the off season, and his lovely wife posted it all over Twitter, which is hilarious. But he decided to start spring training with answering the question we all wanted to know about this ice cream endeavor, and this is what he had to say. I want to say thanks to all the fans out there that sent me um, 
ice cream. I don't know how you guys got my address. <laughs> Some of them were hand-delivered with, with no postage on it, so they're just showing up on the doorstep. Um, and I didn't suck my thumb, and I didn't go camping, but I spent a lot of time alone. I spent a lot of time very quietly dissecting what happened and um, just getting through what went right and what went wrong last year. Um, and a lot went right, and, and I was very proud of that. I, you know, it never stopped. And I, I watched Kyle Shanahan walk off the field the other day. He was a, a Super Bowl losing head coach. Um, and I, I felt his pain. I felt what he was feeling. I, I've lived that. I know, I, know the, I know the heartache that he had. And by watching him, it told me a story. It might have told you guys a totally different story, but I think we're all in the same boat. We hurt for him. At the end of it, when I walked out of the room, I'm like, but that's a pretty cool year. Like he was a Super Bowl runner-up. Like he he got there. That's awesome. He should be really proud of himself. So I kind of told myself that the same way. And maybe that was the last thing that I needed before coming here, so I could totally turn the page and make sure that I was ready for today. So I had a ton of ice cream. It was delicious. <laughs> Got ten great pounds. My winter coat, and I, and I need to work that off through spring training. So is that going to be your thing? Fans are going to. Give you ice cream. <laughs> and I don't know how they got the flavors right, but um, I'm chocolate peanut butter, and it just kept showing up. Chocolate peanut butter. I don't know what happened there, but it was great. So. Imagine like chocolate peanut butter ice cream just like magically appearing at the front of your house. Yeah. Like, I would live. Um, but I love so much about that. A, just like again, the relatability, but also the fact that like Diamondbacks fans like showed up for this team in so many ways during the season and after the season. Um, mm. And I love that they showed their support for Tori, even though it was kind of stalker vibes that they were figuring out where he lived and sending him ice cream. <laughs> but as long as no one was stalked or injured, I'm glad that Tori was able to feel the love and support from Diamondbacks fans who were sending him ice cream to his house because he really needed it. Like he was so down in the dumps after that. I mean, yeah. anyone would be after losing the World Series. Um, but I just love Diamondbacks fans. They're so elite and they're so invested. Like true Diamondbacks fans are so invested in this team. Like going the lengths to find the address of the manager's house to send him ice cream. Creepy. Don't it's recommend insane. doing that. Please let yeah. him have his privacy. But um, it's funny, and he ate a ton of ice cream. He said he gained 10 pounds, which, like, is so relatable over winter. I also probably gained 10 pounds. <laughs> need to shed my winter coat. Um, but I just love Tori. I love that we finally got the completion of that story, and that's how we started spring training. And um, he mentioned how a lot of things went right last season, and there were a lot of things that went right. Um, obviously, there were some big things that went wrong, but – as we've been saying on this podcast for however many weeks now, Daddy Ken Kendrick came through to patch up some of those holes with his uh, checkbook, and they brought in some key pieces. So I'm super excited to watch this team compete this season. I will be locked in, dialed in to D-back season, and I'm just so ready for baseball to officially begin. Yeah, we will be there no matter what. No matter what, baseball season is the best season. But before baseball season kicks off, there is one big thing happening in the Valley to kind of get excited about. I mean, why wouldn't you? Because the Valley of the Sun is going to roar to life when, in the spring when NASCAR returns to Phoenix Raceway, March 8th through the 10th. It is the best in class fan experience and it is race to, the race's toughest uh, drivers for three days of action, all surrounded by beautiful Australian mountains. 
spring break at Phoenix Raceway is the perfect introduction to NASCAR with affordable ticket pricing for families. Whether you're a diehard racing fan or simply looking for a fantastic day out, the event promises for fun for everyone from live entertainment and hospitality areas and an immersive infield experience. I have been to Phoenix Raceway. I have driven around the track, which is wild to say. Um, it is a great experience. It is absolutely beautiful. It is just like right outside the city off of the I-10 uh, in Tolleson, and it is amazing out there. Like it truly is. The scenery is beautiful. Um, I've never been to a game, like a race experience there, but I'm going uh, this March and I'm so excited because I have heard such good things about like the NASCAR experience, about race day in general, the the vibes, just like the, the atmosphere. And I'm super excited to experience it. So if you've never been to a NASCAR event before, I highly recommend making the Phoenix Raceway Champion Series your first one that you attend. Um, or if you are an avid NASCAR goer and you have some tips about tips and tricks about race, race day stuff and like the best things to do, definitely slide into my DMs and let me know because I'm super excited, but also a little nervous because I've never done anything NASCAR before. But you can join me and you can go out to the racetrack by getting your tickets to the Shriners Children's 500 at Phoenix Raceway, March 8th through the 10th, as it promises to be a weekend of good vibes for the whole family. Get your tickets now at phoenixraceway.com. Damon, have you ever been to a race before? NASCAR race? I haven't, but I have I have like a basically family that's like super into NASCAR, goes every year and yeah. like just swears <laughs> by it. And if if I would like to go out this year, I would I would like to yeah. be part of the crew that goes out this year. It seems like a really fun time. Yeah, I'm super stoked. We went out to the racetrack a couple of weeks ago to film some content and just like being on the racetrack, like being there on in the infield, like it was such a cool experience. You, and like you drove on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we have my little Jeep Grand Cherokee <laughs> yeah. zooming down the raceway, um, which actually it. happened because I was late. And um, by the time I arrived, it's shocking to no one, by the way, I'm late to everything. Um, by the time I arrived, everyone was already like on the track. But the girl that was like going to be helping us out was like leaving where I had just started to park. And she was like, oh, like, just come follow me. Like, I'll just take you out there. You can drive your car out there. And I was like, me? You want me to drive my car? My Jeep? You want me to follow you? I was like, okay. So I got in my Jeep and she has like her little like Phoenix Racer like chase car looking thing. And she's like driving out and I'm like following her in my Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I'm like, oh my God, I am driving on an NASCAR track right now. Pretty electric. I never thought I could say that in my life. Yeah. But I, uh, I've taken a couple laps in a pace car, which is really cool. And I've also driven on a race car track. So call me Ricky Bobby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was such a cool experience and the stands were empty so i can only imagine what it's like like on race day it would be electric yeah. so can't I recommend imagine. it enough grab your tickets and we'll see you out there march 8th through the 10th all right let's talk about the phoenix suns because we have some interesting things to talk about a couple storylines to uh go through so obviously we know it's the all-star break right now um the suns are heading into the all-star break with a 33 and 22 record they are fifth in the Western Conference. They fortunately ended their last game before the break on a high note because they beat the Detroit Pistons, which obviously they should have because the Detroit Pistons um, can't even beat themselves. Well, they do beat themselves. Yeah. The Detroit Pistons make it easy to win a game against them. I think they've won eight games all year, which is insane. Um, but in case you forgot, the Pistons are coached by former Suns head coach Monty Williams. It was his first game in Phoenix since being let go and hired by the Pistons, they, <laughs> the Suns, bless them, 
um, put together a really nice tribute video for Monty. Obviously, there is a lot to credit Monty for. He deserves a lot of credit. He rebuilt this culture of this team. He was a great head coach. The players really liked him. Uh, he has a lot of credit that should go his way for what he did while he was here. So the Suns made him a nice tribute video. <laughs> and um, I'm pretty sure Monty did not care or watch because they took a live shot of him after the video was done playing on the Jumbotron. And he was just could not give less of a shit. Like <laughs> he was not looking. He was not paying attention. He didn't wave to the crowd. He didn't interact with anybody. Um, so it was a little awkward. I don't know if I necessarily would have reacted that way if I was Monty. Would you, Damon? Um, I, d I don't think that he's a big fan of the Suns. I don't, I don't know. Did you see the yeah. stuff with Isaiah Stewart? Like what he, what Monty's response was oh, about we're that? we're going to talk about it. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I won't jump ahead then, but, but it's <laughs> like, he's, he clearly is not, you know, he's yeah. not the, he's not the Mr. Sun. That's I kind of get sure. the vibes that like he just doesn't like the Suns, which I think is so strange to me because unless there was like a bunch of stuff that happened behind closed doors that like we were just not privy to, I don't know why there would be so many ill will, ill feelings towards the Suns. Um, I mean, a new owner came in and he decided to let you go. I get that's just kind of like a name of the game. I don't know if that necessarily warrants being like super salty towards your previous organization but i don't know it was weird it was awkward um he had there's not also like really... a, a lot of playoff collapses with monty like at yeah. what point at what point do you do you have to make a change like i, yeah. I think that's just the business like yeah he went to the finals but he was also up 2-0 in the finals and and in loss like it's yeah you know and then the all the maverick stuff like eventually like you know it, it hits the fan and you're like we gotta we gotta figure something out and guess what you're not doing you're not getting rid of Devin Booker. You're not getting rid yeah. of Kevin Durant. So you yeah. got to do you got to do what you got to do to make a change. Yeah, totally. And I think that's kind of like standard quo. And so for him to harbor some ill will is kind of just weird to me because I don't think there's anything that the Suns did to necessarily warrant that. Now, of course, I don't know everything, um, <laughs> even though I think I do. Um, and I'm not privy to all of the conversations that happen behind closed doors. So again, there could have been something that happened like off the record or behind closed for doors sure. that we just don't know about. But I thought it was really weird, his reaction to the whole thing. Um, but that wasn't the only weird thing that happened that game because um, <laughs> Piston Center Isaiah Stewart decided it was a great time to turn the basketball game into a boxing match before the game started uh, because he ended up punching our center, Drew Eubanks, in the face before the game started. It was the craziest storyline I have possibly ever <laughs> um, heard of before a basketball game happening, unless Draymond Green is involved somehow. I, I was wow. so baffled by the whole thing. Like he literally, now this is all according to reports and this is an active and open investigation. So this is all allegedly, um, but allegedly he uh, came into the arena and this altercation kind of happened where Witnesses said they were going chest to chest, uh, like getting up in each other's faces, like chest to chest, going at it. Um, and you think we do that all the time. Me and you. Yeah. Yeah, we fight all the time. Every day. Um, yeah. And Isaiah Stewart just wound up and popped Eubanks in the face. And the witnesses say they connected in the lip area. So, like, right right one to the, <laughs> to the mouth, which 
sucks and it hurts. Um, and then other witnesses say that police needed to get involved to separate the two. Um, they have allegedly inspected the scene. They said uh, Eubanks literally did not retaliate. He just took it like a man. <laughs> and then Eubanks was out on the court warming up after that. So um, he told it, he told is, the team it was a it was a soft punch. He said, I believe that yeah, was the which, quote was hilarious petty king yeah. because he's definitely trying to get under Isaiah Swart's skin yeah. by telling him that he can't throw a punch <laughs> um but they also asked him I think it was in the press conference after like did you have any prior beef like was did something happen like that we don't know about that like started all this and he said no like outside of just like talking shit on a basketball court like we've never had anything prior to this so I don't know what was said to warrant that reaction if it was just so bizarre. I have never heard of two basketball players getting in a fight before a game, like in the arena, and one of them just just sucker punching one in the face. Like again, unless you're Draymond Green, where that's like status quo, and you do it like during practice or during a game. <laughs> well, Isaiah I Stewart would, might be might be crazier than Draymond yeah. Green. Have yeah, you seen that, that when yes, he went after LeBron? LeBron? Yes. Yeah. The, like I was like, oh my god, that is like psychopathic behavior. <laughs> yeah. But again, like that was during the game when tensions are high, emotions are heated. Like it, to me, from what the witnesses said, it sounds like allegedly, um, Stuart just walked up to Eubanks and punched him. Like so bizarre, so wild. I don't see Drew Eubanks being the type of person that just like all of a sudden sees Isaiah Stuart walking down the hallway and put center and just starts talking like mad shit that would warrant him getting punched. Um, but any, regardless, like he was He kind of does have a punchable face. Can we agree he on does that? Have a punchable face. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, Maybe that's it. He was arrested by Phoenix police. He was issued a citation and then he was released subsequently after he was arrested. The NBA is now reviewing the altercation and um, they have opened an investigation into that entire ordeal. There is allegedly. Um, footage from inside the arena of the altercation so they'll be able to kind of see what went down for themselves i hope there's audio attached to the video because i am dying to know what was said to start this entire thing i'm so like, how I'm long so until how long until tmz gets their hands on that honestly i guarantee tmz will get the footage and release it far in advance before like the nba even like yeah, gets their hands sure. on it i would not be shocked um like jordan Poole and draymond yeah totally oh totally yeah um i'm the type of person that's like out in my lawn like vacuuming the grass if like my neighbors are like fighting because i want to hear like what my neighbors are fighting about so i just am so interested to know like what set isaiah store off so bad that he wanted to punch through eubanks in the face super weird super bizarre situation um i hope eubanks is okay i mean he took it like a man and then he went out and played the game um, and then he called Isaiah Stewart soft, which probably does not help the situation at all. Um, but yeah, just a weird situation. I, I don't know what else to think about that. Like, do you think something was said? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think Isaiah Stewart clearly is a crazy person. But yeah, I, like it seems like it was it was nothing, and like it should have just been broken up, and then they should have just played it out on the court and and seen like you know what happened, and you know talk your shit on the court score some yeah. points on each other and and you know jaw at each other but like what's the point of getting in a fight in the tunnel just to show that you're like you stand on business like i don't know yeah. i don't i don't know what else to say it's pretty weird it's behavior so bizarre but nothing as is as bizarre as the 
anomaly that is Draymond Green. I <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Um, Daniel in the comments kind of already read our minds, but he said, Draymond getting elbowed in the face and then lying on the court for like 40 seconds so that play continue was amazing. Yeah, we need to talk about this. And we're going to talk about this right now because good old Draymond Green has uh, some history here in Phoenix. Um, if you don't remember, you should. Earlier in the year when the Warriors were in town to play the Suns, um, Nurkic was guarding Draymond and Draymond just lost his marbles and he went back and swung like that and just connected with Nurkic in the face. Um, and that obviously led to the infamous that brother needs some help quote from Nurkic. Uh, they got into a little bit of Twitter beef and then Draymond ultimately got suspended a couple weeks later indefinitely. Um, I was hoping the suspension would last a little bit longer than it did. And he would have made some real strides of progress in the therapy and anger management department. But clearly the league was like, eh, you've been suspended for a couple of weeks. Good enough. Here you go. Go back to play basketball. So Draymond is playing basketball again. And uh, before their game against the Clippers, he went on his podcast, which I don't know why we decided to give Draymond a mic and let him speak because we should not have, but he has a podcast and he went on his podcast to kind of talk about the beef between him and Nurkic and that whole situation um, and how he feels about Nurkic and how he feels about KD and what KD said about that situation and how he stuck up for his teammate. Um, and I'm just going to let you listen to it because words don't do it justice. That's the same guy that laid out on the floor um, when I made contact. Bro, you 300 pounds. Get up off the floor, bro. If he actually didn't lay out on the floor like that, I actually don't get the suspension that I got probably. But dude laid out like he was dead. That same guy then goes and say he doesn't deserve another chance. How, bro? What an embarrassment. And they expect to win with that guy. The point was so close to being captured, but he still did not get the point. Like he still just glazed over the fact that if it weren't for his actions, he would have gotten suspended. But he said, because Nurkic laid out and laid on the court like a baby, that's why he got suspended. And I'm just like, the point was right there. You just had to grasp it. Like you were almost there. You almost got it. Like zero accountability was taken. The point was completely missed. Like he blames everybody else but himself for the reason why he got that indefinite suspension. Um, he calls Nurkic a 300 pound baby. He said he just laid there. Uh, if he hadn't just laid there on the court and flailed around, he probably wouldn't have gotten that suspension. Like, it just, like, I don't, like, psychology does not compute to me with that entire situation. Like, I just don't understand how he can't take accountability for anything and everything else is everyone else's problems and fault. Um, it's just so wild to me. And it's so wild to me that he's still playing basketball. Like, he still should not be playing basketball. I am telling you right now that man needs to be in intensive therapy anger management like I'm not a doctor I'm not claiming to be a doctor or a psychologist or anything like that but just from watching him I think it's a fair assumption for a normal human being to make to conclude that Draymond is not well like Draymond needs anger management like help like he needs help um in my humble opinion <laughs> so the fact that he's playing basketball again is just mind-blowing to me he obviously didn't learn from the situation his indefinite suspension was not a punishment for him because he did not do anything to rectify the situation, to apologize, to take accountability, to be better. Like the whole, it just, it blows my mind. Like I can't, I can't honestly grasp it because the fact that he's still 
playing basketball just blows my mind. Like he should not be in the league. He should not be allowed to play. He should be getting help. And the league is enabling him, in my opinion, by allowing him to continue to play. And it's really gross to watch. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of Draymond Green being enabled and allowing to play basketball when he does the things that Draymond Green is known for doing, stepping on people, punching people, punching his own teammates, um, kicking people in the crotch. Like it is just wild. But anyways, the Warriors were playing the Clippers the other day. And um, I can't remember. I think he was going up for a rebound or to finish a shot. But either way, he was under the basket. And uh, he was right next to another player. And the other player kind of just like, I don't even think there was a lot of contact made. Like when you watch the replay from the opposite angle, like he barely, barely grazes Draymond in the face with his elbow. Um, And Draymond does the flop of all flops. And he is laying on the court like he just got shot. (laughs) For three possessions. For three possessions, he was laying on the court, writhing in pain screaming bloody murder um putting his hand over his face warriors players are making layups like around like dribbling around around him him. it's like it's like the funniest thing i've ever seen in my entire life how are you gonna how are you gonna be telling people that they can't lay on the floor and then you lay on the floor for three possessions in the middle of a basketball game in the middle of a basketball game for three possessions clearly the foul was not going to be called draymond they're not calling a foul it's not happening so get up and play basketball like there is no need for you to roll around screaming on the court crying about being hurt when a you were barely touched b it wasn't even a foul because he barely touched you and c you went on a podcast not even 48 hours prior talking about how Nurkic is a 300 pound baby and he was lying on the floor and reacting so terribly to you sucker punching him in the face. And then you're going to decide that you're going to sit, you're going to lay down on the court and you're going to roll around and you're going to cry when you were barely grazed. It wasn't even like obvious enough that the rest called a foul. Like they didn't even call a foul. There was no foul call. The play continued and he is rolling around on the floor acting like he just got shot. Like, the irony of this situation is so rich. I <laughs> I was flabbergasted. Jaw on the floor, jaw dropped beyond belief about how Draymond chose to handle that situation after he just had the audacity to go on his podcast and call Nurkic a 300-pound baby for laying on the court after he got punched in the face. <laughs> like, are we all on the same page about this? It's pretty nuts. Like it he just said, he was just complaining about how Nurkic was laying on the floor. And yeah. then, and then he doesn't see the irony in, in literally just laying on the floor for longer than Nurkic did. His team didn't of even foul to stop the play either. His teammates were like, no, no. he's fine. <laughs> his teammates are running a fast break. They're like, oh, yeah, three his points. Teammates are like, we got, we got to play basketball, bro. Get yeah, don't step like, on Draymond. Watch out. He's on the floor. That tells me everything I need to know about how his teammates feel about Draymond. And the thing about that too, though, which is crazy, is I think after that he got up and he started like doing this whole like tough man thing, like trying to act like he was going to go after him. And he there's like memes of it all over the internet now, but he did these like crazy faces. Like he was sticking his tongue out, like being super antagonistic. Like his eyes are like this wide and like that's a meme going around the internet right now. Like he is a crazy person. Like I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way or a mean way 
or an insensitive way, but like there, there are some screws loose upstairs and they think like, things are not clicking or computing in his brain. And he really, truly like, there is something wrong with Draymond. Like, again, I'm not a doctor, but I, I don't know how you can't look at that behavior and not come to any other conclusion other than there is something wrong with Draymond. And again, I believe that the league is enabling him by allowing him to continue to play and he should not be on a basketball court now or any time in the near future point blank period um so that's my thoughts on our situation <laughs> i don't know how else you can really look at that any other way besides the fact that draymond is just that brother needs help um Nurkic said it's best so I don't see his behavior changing anytime soon unless he is forced to sit out, which he should be sit out. But uh, I don't know if the league will take that necessary action because for whatever reason, they just don't want to hold Draymond accountable. And Draymond certainly is not going to hold himself accountable. So interesting to see that happen, though. I think it's so funny when Draymond puts his foot in his mouth. Uh, you can always count on that to happen, too. It's a classic. He never fails to entertain us with his completely oblivion to the reality he is entertaining can we admit that he is pretty fun like like i, I know he's i know he like people hate him but like you need heels like that in see sport. i thought it was like there was a point where i thought it was funny and he was like the ultimate villain and he just doesn't give a fuck and that's just who he is and he's just gonna be that way but i think we've crossed the point of funny at this point like i think we've crossed into this isn't funny anymore like this is concerning like he's like one straw away from snapping and like actually really really hurting somebody like i'm i would be afraid i'm not even kidding like this might sound terrible but like i don't think i would want to be alone in a room with draymond like i would be afraid of what he would say or do or snap like i would not want to approach him like as a journalist i would not want to ask him for quotes like i would be scared um so i think we've crossed the line of funny and we're into the territory of like no there's something like actually wrong with him <laughs> so that's my opinion um if you find him funny or entertaining that's obviously your priority but i oh my god there's something not right about that guy in my opinion you know what else is not right damon what's going on the fact that it is february 16th 2024 in the year of our Lord and Savior, and we still have no idea what the Arizona Coyotes are going to do about their arena situation. Um, I this situation is so frustrating and so irritating, and it's kind of complex to explain because there's so many layers to it. And when it comes to like the land sale and development and auctions and purchasing like i'm not even gonna lie to you guys it goes right over my head like i majored in sports journalism i did not major in area land real estate and development so i'm gonna do my best to break this down for you but don't come for me um because this is just not my area of expertise um but as we all know the Coyotes are playing in a 4,000 seat collegiate arena currently and have been on the hunt for a viable permanent arena solution since their plan A of a viable permanent arena solution, which was the Tempe deal, fell through after the citizens of Tempe voted no on allowing the Coyotes to build an arena in an entertainment district on uh, landfill dump land. So the Coyotes have pivoted and are looking for plan B, C, D, E, F, G. And originally it was floated out there 
that ideally the league and the NHLPA would like to have an answer as to what the Coyotes are going to do, a permanent answer by the All-Star break. Now, this was never a hard deadline, a set deadline. Like it was just a, hey, it would be great if you guys could like put a fire under your ass and like get something done and figured out by the All-Star break. The All-Star break rolls and comes around and that doesn't happen. Um, And the hockey fans who love to just shit on the Coyotes any chance that they get and don't really pay attention to what's going on with this team because they are antagonistic, were up in arms saying, okay, that was their deadline. They didn't do it. Let's move the team. Not realizing that it wasn't really a deadline. It was just a suggestion of, hey, it would be nice if you could do this by then. Um, And then there were reports that started to float around that the Coyotes were going to make an announcement over Super Bowl weekend. Well, as we all know, that also didn't happen because Super Bowl came and went and there was no announcement. And also um, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet tweeted that there would be no announcement coming from Batman or the league anytime soon about the future of the Arizona Coyotes. So it's important to remember that deadlines, whenever we talk about deadlines, they are fluid. Um, like I said, the all-star break deadline wasn't a deadline. It was kind of like a fluid, it'd be nice if you did it by then. But now we have reports that the next deadline of, hey, since you do, didn't do it by the all-star break, maybe you can have it done by the end of the first quarter of 2024, which puts it around the end of the regular season for the NHL, which is like the second or third week in April. That shift was confirmed publicly by the team and Batman, that that is now their target date for announcing a new arena. So April 18th, somewhere around there, that has been publicly confirmed by Batman and the team, but that is when they want to announce what they're going to do for the arena. Obviously, people around the league, hockey fans, have just been up in arms about this entire situation even before it started, since the reports about the Coyotes not paying their taxes and being behind on bills for Glendale. Like, this is when this is all has started to <laughs> unravel. Um, we have reports that the Arizona Republic has confirmed that the Coyotes have started the process of securing state trust land northeast in the Northeast Phoenix area, which is like on the corner of Scottsdale Road and the 101 freeway. So we kind of, I think we have a map of it of where, yeah. So this is where, this land is where the Coyotes are looking to secure for their arena entertainment district. Now, because this is state owned land, it has to be put up for public auction. And there are many steps that involve the government, the local government that have to happen before they can just buy it. Like it's not just a case where they can go to the city of Scottsdale and say, we want this land, buy it, I'll give it to us, here's your check. They have to go through multiple processes that involve putting land up for auction, notices that notify people and other business developers in the area that this land is going up for auction. And there has to be an auction on this land legally since it is state owned land. So <laughs> this is obviously a process, right? Like this is gonna take some time. And there seems to be some conflicting reports about what the coyotes want to do with this land. Now this land is like just dirt. Like it is literally <laughs> just a plot of dirt. Like there is nothing infrastructure around it. They would have to do plumbing, electricity. They would have to build roads, bridges. Like there's going to be a lot that goes into developing this land to get it to the point of where it needs to be to be sustainable for a marina and an entertainment district. Like a lot, like I said, bridges, roads, zoning, plumbing, electricity, all of that has to happen. And this is where it gets annoying. 
So the Coyotes originally bid for a certain amount of land that would allow them to build an arena, an entertainment district, hotels, apartments, shops, etc. Apparently that land was a little too expensive at as much as they wanted. So then they came back, they reconfigured their plans and they were like, okay, let's buy a smaller portion of land that will include everything except maybe like a hotel. So that's where we're at. They have entered uh, their intentions for what they want to buy, how much they want to buy. The government now has to take that and they have to go through the process of opening that land for auction and all of that stuff. There's a bunch of red tape basically that they have to go through to secure this land. It will take a certain amount of time. I think 52 days from when the coyotes post their notice of intention to buy to when they will actually put the land up for auction. So there's a big period of time in between that has to allow for the government to get their ducks in a row and to allow other people to bid on the land, whatever. Basically, it's a shit show. And I think I'm starting to get really frustrated because at some point, like the coyotes have to realize that they are in the 11th hour of this situation. And as great as it would be to have an entertainment district of shops and hotels and um, apartments, that's all just so Alex Morello can make more money. They just need an arena. <laughs> they don't need shops. They don't need hotels. They don't need apartments. They need an arena. And the fact that they have wasted time now to reconfigure how much land they can actually afford and have to, okay, maybe we won't build a hotel, but we'll build the shops and we'll build the apartments. Like enough, enough is enough. They need an arena. That area where they're looking at, at buying is already super developed. There's a ton of apartments by there. The uh, Desert Ridge, like marketplace, outdoor marketplace is over there. There's a ton of shops, restaurants. Like that is a nice area of Arizona. So as much as I understand being an owner and the bottom dollar matters and you want to recoup as much of your investment as possible and having, you know, hotels there and having apartments there and having shopping districts there would bring in more money for you. It's causing a lot of issues. And at the end of the day, you need an arena. You don't need an entertainment district. So between the seemingly lack of fire under their ass, their lack of urgency, their lack of transparency, when was the last time any of us have heard from Alex Morello? I couldn't even tell you because I don't know if Alex Morello cares because he I'll doesn't give you a little inside, inside scoop. My friend was sitting in the box at 16 with the coyotes uh, uh, at waste management and Alex Morello was there and he asked him like, what, what's going on with the land deal? Are we going to stay? And he got mad at my friend <laughs> angry. Yeah. Um, I want to be careful. Um, he like Alex blew Morello, him off. Kind of yeah. crazy. I used to work for the Coyotes, inside fact. Um, I was there when Morello bought the team. I've had personal interactions with the owner, which have been extremely negative. Nothing I've ever heard about him from other people who have also interacted with him have ever been positive. Um, my own opinion of him, based off of the interactions that I personally have had with Alex Morello, have been extremely negative. So. I am not his biggest fan already, but I try my best not to say that because I know how passionate Coyotes fans are about their team. And I don't want to taint anyone's opinion on the organization. If they are all bought in, that is your right. But I am not a fan of the owner. I'm sorry, but he is not a good person. In my opinion, based off of my interactions with him and what other people have told me their interactions with him have been like, but the fact that he was here in Arizona for the waste management open and like 
we haven't heard from him in eons about this situation is mind blowing to me. Like Javier Gutierrez, who's the CEO of this team, has taken the brunt of the responsibility of speaking to Coyotes fans, of explaining the situation, of being the public speaker for this team, which he is president and CEO. So I understand like he is a public facing voice for this team, but I don't, I want to hear from Alex. I want to hear from the person who is paying or going to pay for this arena. And we have it. So between Alex being MIA, the lack of urgency and the lack of just any type of fire or desire to prove to people that they want to stay here besides some weird ass fucking tweets that come from their Twitter account about Reply to this, hashtag desert dogs, if you want the coyotes to stay in Arizona. Stop it. Whoever is tweeting that, the Twitter needs to be taken away from you, okay? And I run Twitter so for my job, so I know when Twitter is not going well. So whoever is running it, the coyotes it Twitter, you. stop it. The, the Twitter needs to be taken away from whoever is posting that shit because it's awful and it's cringy. But the entire situation is infuriating. Like, I, I don't know if I'm just naive and that's why I'm not a billionaire. And I think it's ridiculous that they are wasting time trying to build an entertainment district and, and hotels and apartments around the arena when all they need is an arena. Like maybe I'm just naive. Okay. I, I'll take, I'll take that. I'll take that on the chin, but I think it's ridiculous. I think we need an arena. So let's do what we can to build an arena. Um, I think this situation has just gotten so desperate and so out of hand, in my opinion, like it's ridiculous. Like I'm starting to get worried because we are in the 11th hour and we're getting to the point where, you know, relocations to Salt Lake have started because uh, Salt Lake has opened an NHL group that is interested in bidding on an expansion team. And they say that they like wrote a whole letter that says they have the space and the arena and the fans that want an NHL team here. So now everyone's like, the Coyotes are moving to Salt Lake which is not helping anything, but it does like make me worried because, well, at some point, the commissioner, Gary Bettman is going to say enough is enough. Like you guys cannot figure this out to save the life of you. Like your plan A fell through plan B, C, E, D, F, G. Like what, we don't even know what those plans are. You're not doing enough to make us have faith in you as an owner, like that you can do this for your team. And so I just don't know how much more patience Gary Bettman has. And it's starting to freak me out a little bit. Now, I don't think like, I think relocating the team is going to be the last, like the last, 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 last option. Like all of their options have been exhausted, right? I'm starting to get worried though. Like, I'm not going to lie. There have been rumors, unconfirmed, just reports that there are people in Arizona that are interested in buying the Coyotes, but that would involve a shit show. That would involve either the league figuring out how to force Alex Morello to sell the team or the league taking control of the team, which they have done in the past. But either way, like you're starting to get into some weeds, into some really scary legal issues if you try to force a sale of a team or take control of the team. Because legally, Morello could turn around and say, all right, well, we're suing you for X, Y, and Z if you're going to take the team. So that's all scary. Um, there have been reports unconfirmed that Matt Ishbia potentially could be a, a solution if it came to it. But Matt Ishbia is the savior of the Suns, And he, you know, has kind of hinted that the fact that he respects other sports owners and he doesn't want to step on toes. So he's going to let this play out as it can. But obviously if Ishbia would take control of the team, we'd have to figure out how, what to do with footprint center because there are obstructed views in footprint center and it doesn't necessarily make the best hockey arena. So they would have to make some changes to the inside of footprint center. Like it's just a disaster. The whole thing is a disaster and we are getting to the point where people are talking about either forcing a sale or the league taking control or relocation, which is crazy that we're at this point. And I don't understand still to this day, 
why there doesn't seem to be more urgency, more like desire and like public facing statements to get this thing actually resolved. It just is frustrating. Like I'm so tired of it. I'm so, so, so tired of it. And I don't know what save us Ishbia. (laughs) Honestly, that Ishbia buying the coyotes would be my dream scenario. Like if you ask me what I want to see happen with the coyotes, I think Matt Ishbia buying the coyotes and retrofitting footprint center so that the obstruction view is no longer an issue and they can have coyotes games and suns games and mercury games in the same building sign me up I think that's awesome I come from a city where the hockey and the basketball team play in the same arena and it is awesome like it is so nice having one spot one destination and let's be honest like having your sports teams be in your capital city where the biggest hub is is like ideal situation right like having all these teams in all these different quadrants of Arizona sucks. So having Matt Ishbia by the team would be a dream, like a dream, dream, dream scenario. And my like best case scenario. Um, I'm sure you I would buy an right Austin Matthews Jersey. I would buy an Austin <laughs> Matthews Jersey even without him being on the team. Cause I know that Ishbia would be like, we were getting Austin Matthews. Cause just yeah. like he did with KD, he'd, he'd put his foot down and say, I want to splash. Yeah. And I, it'd be great. I'd be there for it. So my issue of buying the Coyotes would be just an absolute dream come true. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen, but we are in the 11th hour for the Coyotes, you guys. I'm not going to front. I'm not going to skirt around the situation. Like I'm starting to get panicked. And the fact that Alex Morello doesn't speak to the public at all sucks. And it's super concerning. And the fact that we still don't have an answer, like there are a million things that could happen between now and when the, public notice of the sale of the land is posted that could fall through that could cause this to not be an option for the coyotes and if that falls through i don't know where we go from there so (laughs) oh i'm so so nervous and charles in the comments saying like relocation is the absolute last resort betman doesn't want to leave a market like phoenix and then also expansion fees are greater than relocation fees absolutely that all makes sense that is so true and relocation is the last resort but at the end of the day enough is going to be enough like there is going to be a line that is drawn in the sand from the league and the owners and the nhlpa and once that line is crossed that's it for the coyotes like they can do as much as they possibly can to keep them here but if it's just not going to happen they will relocate this team um which is a bummer because losing out on a team in a city that is a market like phoenix and then the expansion fees and all of that is a bummer but there is a hard line in the sand that if it is crossed this team will move um which sucks so it's just a stupid it's just the whole situation is so infuriating i have a, i have a headache thinking about it david yeah i mean i don't I, it, it would really suck for, especially for the very loyal fans that you know we're we've come very accustomed to like I think Coyotes fans are like some of the most loyal fans in sports. You know, maybe they're not the strongest in numbers, but uh, like having to endure all of what they've had to endure, like for them to keep showing up, like that's loyalty and they, no one deserves it more than them to get this, this kind of situation figured out. Yeah, absolutely. So (sighs) keep an eye out for that April 18th date. Um, Hopefully we'll get some sort of sign that the bid for the area off of the 101 in Northeast Phoenix is going to go through. Uh, 
it's just an infuriating situation. And it doesn't help that the Coyotes have lost their last seven games in a row and are sticking it up on the ice right now. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But I feel for Coyotes fans, I'm as equally frustrated that there hasn't been an answer, and I hope we get one soon. So on that note, super negative <laughs> way to end the show, but it'll be okay. You know, it'll be fine. What happened will happen. Um, Damon now looks like he is in a hostage video because his ring light went out. And <laughs> it's not quite out. It's very, very uh, dim. Very, very dim. Well, before you go absolutely zero dark 30 on us, we will <laughs> sign off. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Beating Sports podcast i appreciate you all so much everyone in the comments charles jan michael chris groundhog mama which she uh our lovely groundhog mama just had surgery so everybody put some prayers in the chat some well wishes in the chat what does it say what do they say like prayers up w's in the chat for groundhog mama we are wishing you the absolute best um thank you all so much for tuning in i hope you guys have a wonderful and safe weekend and hopefully we get our wi-fi fixed um, everyone start DMing Cox on Twitter and tell them to fix our Wi-Fi. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Have a wonderful and safe weekend, and we'll see you next Friday at anywhere between 11 to 12. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>